Jack Griffin, City Manager here at the City of San Marcos. Welcome to the latest installment of the San Marcos City Podcast. Uh, so this podcast will be mostly uh, the May business update, talk about some of the things that happened uh, at City Council meetings in May, uh, talk a little bit about the Creek uh, infrastructure project. Um, we'll actually do a podcast on the Creek itself because um, there's a lot of activity down there in the next week or so. Um, so I'll just sort of touch on uh, a couple highlights there and save the, the details and stuff for, for a later podcast. Um, so starting there with the Creek uh, in May, uh, we hit the sort of a really first major milestone on the project where we've opened the Bent Avenue Bridge uh, to vehicular traffic. Um, so that happened sort of in the middle of the month. And um, and with the opening of the Bent Avenue Bridge, uh, we closed Via Vera Cruz uh, between San Marcos Boulevard and Discovery Street. So um, traffic patterns have shifted and we'll have probably a, an interesting summer while we do some work on Discovery. Um, and we have some detours that are uh, not the most uh, advantageous, but uh, kind of you got to you, if you're going to do the kind of project we're doing, there's going to be a little bit of uh, traffic headaches al- along the way. But hopefully, we can minimize some of the downtime of Discovery Street, um, get people back on it, and uh, get people out of the residential neighborhood who don't need to be there in Discovery Hill. So anyway, that's uh, the the upshot of the creek. Like I said, we'll do a, a podcast on that uh, in particular here in the next week or so. Uh, so turning my attention to the uh, the May business meetings. So the council met uh, twice in May on May 10th and May 24th. Um, May 10th uh, agenda, both both meeting agendas were relatively light, uh, but some interesting items on it. Um, May 10th meeting, we had uh, a final map in the Highlands project at the end of Las Posas. Uh, we've had multiples of those, and we'll still have a few more of those coming forward as that project moves from from. Uh, mass construction to actually housing construction um, and all those maps start to get finalized. Uh, we uh, approved an item to provide uh, me and our staff with um, the authorization to acquire some small sections of right-of-way uh, regarding a street improvement project that we have uh, going this summer at San Marcos Boulevard and Discovery Street. So that's the intersection just to the east of San Marcos High School. Um, and we'll be eliminating that free right turn, widening that intersection out uh, on both sides of San Marcos Boulevard. Um, so we needed some slivers of property, but mostly of a temporary nature to, to do that work. Um, so that's a very typical thing of uh, those kinds of projects that you need to do that. Uh, we had an item that um, these items don't come too often. Um uh, regarding uh, leases uh, that the city enter- has entered into. Um, the, the, the municipal code provides staff, myself, um, with um, some you know, limits on how on the value of leases that we can approve um, administratively without going to city council. And so essentially what that means is that only sort of really high value leases uh, actually have to get the city council's approval. 
Um, and as you may know, uh, the city owns Creekside Marketplace, and so that's the shopping center at the intersection of San Marcos Boulevard and Grand Avenue with Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out and Winco and Hobby Lobby and Best Buy and all the other businesses uh, in that center. Um, and so we entered into a lease with California Fine Wine and Spirits for what we call the former Staples space. Um, and so who they are is actually um, Total Wine is the retail name that you might be familiar with. Uh, so they'll be moving into uh, that former staple space. And while that's happening, we also had entered into a lease with uh, Crate and Barrel Outlet for the f- former Crunch Fitness gym space. And so those two big spaces that um, uh, one was severely affected by the pandemic in the court case of the gym and, and Staples was – um, Staples has been reducing its footprint in a lot of places. And so, um, but it's uh, really good news for us as a city and for the health of that center and just for the finances of the city to, to get those two bigger spaces uh, refilled and going. And so uh, the council approved uh, a lease with uh, California Fine Wine doing business as Total Wine. Uh, and then the last item on the agenda, um, I think it was the last item on the agenda, um, was actually, no, it wasn't next to the last item on the agenda. Um, the council had a public hearing on a uh, residential project that's been proposed f- along Barham Road. Um, roughly to, how best way to describe it would be to the east of the church that's at Barham and uh, Woodland Parkway. So if you come um, under the freeway on Woodland Parkway and you make a left on Barham, there's a church right there. As you pass the church, um, there's a fairly large vacant piece of land. Um, And so that's the property in question. Uh, It's being proposed by uh, the Hall Land Development Company. Um, and they requested approval and entitlements to build 151 uh, residential condominiums on a roughly 10 and a half acre site along there. Uh, so uh, it's pretty, t- you know, it's pretty consistent with the nature of the area. As you go farther east, you hit some uh, mobile home parks. Uh, if you turn right on La Marie, there's you know planned residential developments up. Uh, up in there, the Williamsburg area. So it's pretty consistent with the neighborhood around it. Um, and so the council uh, heard that hearing um, and re- and eventually voted to approve that project. Again, it was 151 units, uh, 10 and a half acres. It did contain a change in zoning. The uh, prior zone was uh, mixed use, which would have required it to build um, a mix of commercial and uh, residential um, and it, that doesn't really seem like a particularly viable site for any kind of commercial development, and particularly in light of the fact that the university district is really right down the road and is, is starting to gain a lot of speed uh, in terms of the commercial side of it. And you can only, you know, a, a city can only absorb so much of that kind of space. Uh, and uh, we just didn't think that the, the MU3 uh, zoning classification made sense. And so uh, the uh, proper property owner developer requested that change staff uh, recommended approval and the council uh, did vote to approve that project so um, so that's uh, that's what happened in May the last item was um, we I shouldn't forget this one I forgot it twice now um, it was this is a big item so the council uh, voted to name a portion of the new trail that will be constructed in the creek district. Uh, between Via Veracruz and Bent Avenue in honor, in honor of Betty Ferguson. Uh, Betty was the first city clerk in the city, 
uh, going back quite a while. Um, when the city was, you know, shortly after the city was incorporated, Betty was an elected member of the Valcitas Water District Board of Directors for quite a few years, served various capacities, uh, especially in the water and sewer area, um, and has been a, a fixture in San Marcos for decades. Uh, so the council voted to uh, name this section of the trail um, that kind of is, um, will be part of sort of the promenade linear park that'll uh, run through the creek area along Discovery Street, along the, or not along Discovery Street, along the creek on the other side of the creek from Discovery Street. Um, so that's, that's not, that's just getting started in construction. We'll talk about that in the, in the podcast in terms of that element of the project. Um, so when that's done, then we'll have that section named and ready to go. Uh, so that concluded the May 10th meeting. So moving on to May 24th, uh, another final map. This was in a project called Skylark, which is actually, when it was approved, it was called Mirai, which is uh, next to the Highlands project uh, on Las, at the end of Las Posas. Um, so that final map uh, was approved. We approved, uh, well, we, we have what cities have what are called uh, Cla- uh, full-time classification and compensation schedules. So actually, if you go on our website to the human resources uh, page, you can um, see a list of all of the positions and what the salary ranges are for all those positions. doesn't mean all of those positions are actually filled. In fact, all those positions are not filled. Um, but there are classifications that exist, and we've um, and we've set what the compensation for that position, if we were to fill it or promote someone into it or what have you, um, what the, the salary range would be. And so we updated this one, and this was more to change some titling or add some titling, um, and it wasn't actually to add any new positions, but just to create that classification so that if we wanted to at some point utilize it, we could. Um, so no budget impact to the action, but just a change to the, to the schedule. Um, we awarded a project to replace the synthetic turf at Connors Park. Um, that f- field gets a lot of use uh, if you live over in that area, and so the turf um, didn't need, does, was due to get replaced. Um, and we're actually able to um, expand the size of the field a little bit. Uh, when it was originally built, ooh, I don't know, eight years ago, um, seven or eight years ago, it had some areas alongside of the uh, the main field that were um, decomposed granite surfaces and um, sort of were like waiting areas or staging areas. But, in you know, as we've, we've learned as the park has uh, sort of matured and through its use, that those areas were pretty underutilized. And if we could replace that DG with additional uh, sport turf, we could actually increase the capacity of the, of the field. Um, not... It's not a gigantic increase, but it enables us to turn fields the other way a little bit. So for smaller kids um, to play across the main field. Um, so that seemed like a, a wise thing to do while we were out there replacing the, tur- the rest of the turf. Give you a sense of what it costs. It's about $800,000 to replace um, the artificial turf. And so sometimes we'll hear uh, folks say, well, why aren't, you know, why are, get rid of natural grass fields and replace more fields with turf. And um, they clearly provide a benefit in terms of um, playability and, and, and those sorts of things. You don't have to take them out of service because you don't have to give them time to rest and regrow and all that sort of thing. But they're really expensive uh, to, to replace. And you, you can't um, – you have to create a schedule. And so if you've got a lot of those kinds of fields, you have a significant capital expenditure, you know, every – depending on the use, but probably – 
10 years at a minimum, um, or at a maximum rather, and, and probably a few years uh, less than that, like we've seen with Connor. So um, it makes sense to do some synthetic fields, um, but it really does become pretty cost prohibitive to to do a widespread conversion or, or build only new uh, synthetic fields. Um, so just a little information there. Um, we have a couple of normal annual items about uh, ordering engineer's reports for some of our special tax, tax districts. You can probably go back to the May 2021 <laughs> podcast and hear me mention that, so I won't go into those. Those are just uh, standard routine items. Uh, we uh, reviewed the legislative report. Um, that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, if you want to go on, you can go on the city's website and look at the list of bills that are in the state legislature. Um, yeah, it's, uh, this time of year, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the bills, the, the process kind of starts in, in April and gets cranked up in May when, uh, the legislature goes back into session and all the various bills that are being proposed. And they usually number in the hundreds are working their way through the various legislative committees. Um, so we try our best to keep, uh, on top of it. Uh, we also work with the league of California cities who've got a whole, division, department, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, exclusively dedicated to tracking all of the bills and making recommendations to their member cities as to what uh, they think, you know, city positions should be. And then the league itself takes positions on bills. Uh, we also retain a firm that's in Sacramento that helps us keep track of um, what's going on because it's simply, it's, it's, just it's beyond a city our size's uh, ability to know exactly what every bill is about and um, and keep track of it from a status as they progress through committees and get amended and all that sort of stuff. So we try to keep keep on top of it. Um, th- in this case, there were a number of letters uh, that we recommended that the council approve taking positions pro or con on a particular bill. Um, you can go through the agenda and you can look at some of those. Generally speaking, almost all of our positions, I shouldn't say all, but significant majority of, of our positions on legislation is related to the state has a tendency, um, and a growing tendency to sort of take control away from on local issues from local jurisdictions. And so um, the city's platform that it adopts early in the year, one of the, the major planks of that is is protect uh, local control. That the um, we you know, we're biased as city people, but we think that um, best decisions for cities are made at the city level, not necessarily at the state level, especially a state this size with such a wide variety of of issues and terrain and geography and all that kind of stuff. So um, we do our best to stay on top of that. Uh, then we had the. Um, on the uh, second readings of a couple of the approvals that I mentioned about the residential project that's on Barham. And uh, last item uh, was we amended our ordinance to, um, or adopted an ordinance rather, um, with respect to our retirement system uh, regarding employees uh, paying uh, additional shares of their pension costs. Um, that's something um, we have to do if, 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 it's, it seems repetitive. You've heard me talk about this before. It's kind of frustrating. We have to do it every year, multiple times. Uh, but essentially, if we negotiate a contract with uh, any of our employment groups and they go multiple years, and then um, and in those years, the employees have 
um, contribution levels shifting um, with respect to their uh, pension contributions, then uh, we can't just take one item uh, when the contract's approved for the duration of the contract. We have to go every year and do it. So it's it's sort of bureaucratic nonsense, but it's what we're required to do. Um, and those are the two meetings on the agenda, uh, or the two meetings uh, in May. Um, June um, will be a busy month, um, so I'll probably I'll cut this podcast a little short. We're going to try and do certainly a June update meeting, and then we'll also um, do a, uh, like I said, a Creek Project podcast, and um, also going to try to do by the end of June uh, a, pro- a podcast uh, dedicated to our uh, general plan update. Uh, June is a big month for that. Um, we had a uh, planning commission briefing. Um, I'm recording this on June 17th. So uh, we had a planning commission briefing early in the month. We've had a couple of community workshop meetings. And then last night on June 16th, the city council had a joint meeting with the general plan advisory committee um, to talk about where we're at in the general plan, which is focused on right now the land use piece of it, which is the biggest piece. So this is a, an appropriate time to, to maybe do a podcast on uh, the entire um, uh, general plan update and just sort of bring everybody up to speed on where that's at. Um, it's going very well, um, and we had a good meeting last night, um, and I'm excited about you know moving that process along, and it's, uh, it's an important piece of business for every city to do on a regular basis. Uh, and then the last piece in June, just as a tease it up as we adopted our budget uh, on Tuesday night this week on the 14th. So uh, when I do the uh, June business update here in a couple of weeks, I'll get into the budget. Um, uh, the budget was adopted. It's balanced. It's required to be balanced according to state law. So that's not the most <laughs> um, people shouldn't thump their chest and say we've adopted a, another balanced budget. You actually have to, um, but it's uh, I think it's a, a good budget. It, uh, it deals with some of the issues we're dealing with in terms of coming out of the pandemic. And we try our best to um, manage towards in this sort of on certain financial times in terms of where the economy is going. So talk about that uh, in quite a bit more detail when I do the June update. Um, So with that, I'll wrap this one up. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Please let folks know uh, the city has a podcast. Uh, We're going to try and be a little bit more uh, regular with them and get back to having some more specific subject items uh, as we go through uh, the summer into the fall. Um, and uh, appreciate you listening and look forward to furthering the conversation about San Marcos down the road. Thanks.